Greetings, traveler. I know it may be tempting not to heed warnings telling you to turn back now, but this one you might want to pay attention to if you're sensitive towards sexual content or foul language in a podcast. We will be swearing during this episode, and we will be talking about some not-so-PG-13 things. So this is your one and only chance to turn back now. Please enjoy the show. Oh, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh man man indeed woman woman no yes yeah <laughs> no yes. i was just i was just responding oh man one of these days we gotta get tj on the show oh yeah especially after the terran episode tj's not allowed to be on the show until everyone else has been on the show because that's the joke that's the running joke is that Mm -hmm. tj's never on the show then why am i here it really would be he's such a bombastic character if he were to be on (laughs) here it would explain so much he could have so many insights to share he is the oldest among us that is true did you just say among us (laughs) (laughs) uh no but that's the reason again that's why he has to be last is because he's going to be like the big finale, you know, of all of the guests that we know personally. But, but like, I'm really but small. But like chronologically, technically he would be next because it would be Taryn, TJ, and then Dylan. Wouldn't that make sense? I feel like we should get him on sooner or later. Alphabetical. Well, alphabet- alphabetical and chronological. But I'm just saying that I think TJ's like... Because, you know, Taryn has had the worst luck, and then Dylan's like mm-hmm. a fine middle ground, <laughs> and then TJ's like the good luck, so we gotta go from worst to best. He's the anti-Taryn. The anti-Taryn. I think Dylan's like a skewed middle. But anyways, what, what are we talking about today, Producer? What's what's this episode gonna be? Oh, we're talking about TJ. Oh, hi, TJ. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Nat One Podcast, aka Nope, because Nope you're not going to want to hear what we're about to have to say. I'm Pertusa. I'm Levi. And I'm Jordan. So, <laughs> Editing Jordan, cut here. Editing Pertusa, <laughs> tell editing Jordan to cut there. There is no editing Pertusa. He's editing right there, Levi, dude. Editing Pertusa to tell editing Jordan to cut there. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> we've had we have a few running gags tj i don't know if you've watched our episodes oh. one of our gags that we've repeated now is jordan at the very beginning said editing jordan cut here which actually makes sense now i always say editing produce it tell editing jordan to cut there now it just makes the cut longer that i have to make <laughs> and then there's the one i stole from um chuckle sandwich which is audio listeners love you to death uh but then we also now we have <laughs> visual watchers hate you to death we don't have visual watchers. i found them on the top <laughs> yeah. but anyway <laughs> welcome tj welcome what's up oh we have to do our intro sorry tj wait one second <laughs> hi everybody welcome to the that one podcast aka dope uh because nope you're not gonna want to hear what we're about to say i produce it i'm levi i'm jordan and now, TJ, you can say you can say your thing. Oh, I'm TJ. <laughs> he did it. <laughs> Today we have a very special guest with us. Uh, the the entire opening was about how he's never going to be here. We have TJ joining us for the Nat One podcast today. Yeah, everybody clap. Not oh, us. <laughs> was forty minutes late. Awesome. Yeah, we expected it. <laughs> <laughs> TJ suffers from chronological uh, lateness. 
chronological. Yeah. Chronolo- Don't you mean chronological? <laughs> no, it's in order. It comes in in time-based order. He's late. What? You say so. I don't know. I'm crunk right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> so TJ, we're here since since this is your first time on the podcast. Uh, we're here to talk to you, and since this is obviously uh, somewhere around the middle of April that this episode is premiering, yeah. uh, we're here to talk to you about <laughs> you and D and D. So a lot of us have shared our insights about D and D many times over, but first, TJ, let's ask you. Give a little introduction of yourself first. To tell tell the people at home who you are, as comfortable as you are. Explain like your lifestyle. I feel like that's important for the coming conversation. What do you mean by lifestyle exactly? What you do on like your daily, weekly basis when you're not hanging out with us, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh well, in that case, it would be a mixture of sleep, uh, running, video games. And then probably more sleep and food. Running? What for? What would you do that for? Because uh, I hate myself and run <laughs> college sports. Never heard that part before. <laughs> <laughs> In a good way. Fair enough. I just thought that was important because, as we're going to talk about D and D, actually, we... it's more my body hates me, <laughs> not the other way around. I feel that. Uh, obviously, there is a stigma with D and D and nerdism in general. That it is unfit people. Health, like health, has fallen to the wayside, and I wanted to bring that up because TJ is incredibly physically fit. <laughs> yep, spends a lot of time running, and yet he is an omega nerd, <laughs> the omni nerd, if you will. <laughs> what shirt are you wearing right now, TJ? Can I ask? Uh, Ocarina of Time. See, <laughs> there you I was go. hoping it was Flash, but anyway, they're dirty. Yeah, those dirty ocarinas. So. <laughs> Now we're going to talk about you and D&D, TJ, for real this time. So before you started playing D&D with us or at all, what did you think about Dungeons and Dragons? Not going to lie. It was kind of like you knew it was a thing, but didn't know at all what it was beyond that. So it was like, well, that's a game. Mm. Honestly, I thought it was a board game. (laughs) That's fair. Did you know anybody that played it? before you played it i believe you mentioned it that you played one time but other than that no Mm -hmm. so you didn't have any like major preconceived notions about the game before before you started playing you didn't think anything about it nope not a one all right now we're going to talk about the fall into the rabbit hole that all of us (laughs) have taken (laughs) here we go presumably all listeners as well maybe not so tj you stepped in one day to levi's house Technically, the first time we played was when you tested out your JoJo campaign at Beacred. Shh, shh. We don't mention that campaign. It's, <laughs> it's we, we're going shame. to at some point. We have it's, to at some point. I really don't think you should be ashamed of it. It was really fun. I love that. It, it was, was really so much fun. In the, in the underwear symbol that is my D&D career, it is the skid mark. But anyway... <laughs> Really, that's the skid mark, not sci-fi or Star Wars. <laughs> We've mentioned Star Wars and sci-fi at a glance, but those are another day. That's, same, that's our May 4th episode. That should be um, coming up soon with how the schedule is looking. Mm-hmm. Yes, next week, I believe. Uh, for our recording, not for uh, <laughs> listeners. Uh, love you to death. Not you watchers, though. <laughs> There's, I, how many times do I have to say it? Eventually, one of these days. De- hey. 
the it's always sunny cast had a podcast that wasn't visual and then like after 50 episodes they changed it so that they had visuals what if we do that one day and then they'll be able to see us and then we can tell them visually that we hate them impossible anyway so tj what did it feel like to you the we'll say the first time you started playing D with our crew that we now play with regularly it was entertaining it was uh very much more story involved than I would have expected for something like that, so. mm. which is more up my alley. So yeah, this was Vivian one. So <laughs> we we in the Terran episode <laughs> we explained partially Vivia one, in uh, yeah. all its glory to the good old audio listeners. Mm. I got to join to and immediately be broken because we didn't know how to play. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's oh, true. We need, like, I, I, I feel like TJ knew the most of the rules out of any of us. Yeah, at that point. yeah. <laughs> Fast learner. I think because I started go looking ahead stuff and, up. Yeah, I think TJ should go ahead and explain uh, his first character. Mm-hmm. Please do. Uh, can I uh, kind of copyright it? Because you know, I I'm that's not fine. creative. Oh, that's that's okay, fine. We're fine that's on that. Fine. Okay. Uh, there's yeah, an extra vowel somewhere. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm not creative at all. So I just rip off characters. <laughs> we mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> so my first character was just good old john constantine as a wizard yep yeah. conjuration if i remember correctly yeah i got to walk through your final fight with my hands in my pockets with yes. like seven concentration spells going at the same time because with some the of around me badass yeah. moment in the entire because campaign <laughs> since we didn't play with correct rules conjuration was actually fun <laughs> um <laughs> unlike core dnd where it's not and that was a very short character john constantine because he joined i mean he was like 10 <laughs> short-lived character not short-lived because he didn't die but i mean story-wise he john made it to vivia too was a pretty short-lived character because the first campaign tj joined that when we were like three quarters of the way in yeah really more. close to done that was after the time skip right yeah yes. mm-hmm. i yep. joined immediately after i don't we're, even remember we're gonna have I, to explain this at some point <laughs> i remember that pertusit asked me if tj could join but i never actually i don't know if pertusit's ever told me so if you will enlighten me pertusit mm. why 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 did you why oh my god I, that was a really hard stutter why did you like why were you just like ah oh, I think TJ should join. I remember right. I think we were planning on hanging out, and then you realized you had plans. You're like, "Hey, you want to just come and play with us? It'd probably be fun." Uh, kind of. It was most. First off, TJ and I have been friends for a very long time, longer than I have with the rest of the Nat One cast. Actually, TJ and I were friends in seventh grade, where we were both library helpers and had a mutual friend. <laughs> He would assault my ears with tales of League of Legends. Yeah. <laughs> he plays League of Legends. Get him. But because TJ and I were... <laughs> still is. Since we were friends all the way since back then, TJ and I's friendship was like separate from our big friend group that we were all in. So if something was going down in the big friend group, I could always go tell TJ with safety of mind that he wouldn't tell anybody else. Where if I sold some one person in the big friend group, it could become everybody's front page the next day. So TJ and I were very close friends for a very long time, and it was separate. And he, we had other friends with us. It was like four or five of us with TJ and I. They kind of dwindled off. So about the time that we were all playing D&D, 
TJ and I were hanging out and it was usually just TJ and I, no one else anymore. And I was like, TJ's an Omega nerd. And he would probably like D&D because of the amount of freedom you have with playing the game. I'm just going to invite him and see if he clicks with it. That was why I invited him. And I thought he was cohesive enough to play. He wasn't a toxic guy that was going to yell at us. (laughs) He also wanted a bit of a wingman, but I won't make him explain that. (laughs) Truing? Truing? Uh (laughs) Yeah. So... Okay, I I don't think I had, I think I had just assumed it was pretty much what I had assumed already, which was pretty which was just like, yeah, DJ's my friend and I think he would enjoy this. Yeah, uh, I just didn't know version. if there was a special reason or anything. Oh, there's an um for you, editing Jordan. Yeah. So, <laughs> I've got a tally going. <laughs> it's actually been all part of my three year plan to just like destroy your basement's plumbing. <laughs> I don't know if we can get into that over the airwaves. I think we'll get sent well, plumber or something. I explained the first time I interacted with TJ in a previous episode. True, not, true. The, not the first time I interacted with him, but like the first big impression <laughs> TJ left on me, which was when I was behind you at the Christmas concert at the elementary school. Oh, yeah. So the people know that if they've watched that episode. It was a big stinky impression. <laughs> the saga <laughs> continues. Yeah, first time he came to my house. <laughs> Couldn't go into that bathroom in our basement where we played D&D for the entire day afterwards. You couldn't go in the uh, bathroom. You could. It was out of the bathroom, too, at that point. It came out of the bathroom. <laughs> uh, it had arms and legs and everything. It being yeah. a smell. <laughs> Let's not give them the wrong idea of what it is. It's coming out of the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, so... TJ does, in fact, have a master plan to destroy your plumbing, but I think he also has a master plan to destroy uh, some of our campaigns, and it worked for Levi. No. <laughs> he didn't destroy it. He did no. shake it up. I made it uh, my story. <laughs> TJ became the anime protagonist. <laughs> so I had my own theme and everything. You've explained your first character, who we've said is pretty short time frame to play, mm-hmm. but then TJ's second character well technically not a second character because we had a brief interlude between the first and second vivia campaign (laughs) technically technically constantine would have been second yeah yeah (laughs) that is true the next vivia character that tj made i mean you didn't love jason from sci-fi could you give (laughs) the lone survivor could you give a brief explanation of Finral in Vivia too. Brief. Like, <laughs> okay, it doesn't have hit to be the brief. high. Okay, let's start. It doesn't necessarily have to be brief. Actually, we have yeah, a lot of time. We've got a lot of time. True. Let's go in order. Can you tell us your inspiration? Although you wear it on your sleeves. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, another uh, lack of you know creativity. So <laughs> this time I took inspiration from two characters. Whoa. <laughs> which would be the straight to form. Finral from Black Clover, and then Laszlo from Fire Emblem Fates, and I just smushed them together into a bard casing. Yeah, and uh, what was the subclass for that bard? Uh, Valor. Yeah, I think that's worth mentioning, because I think a lot of people online hate the Valor bard, but <laughs> yours worked. <laughs> well, for, it worked for 18 levels, and then it got really broken after those yes. two multi-class. Yeah, so yeah the, 
again, for frame of reference, in case this is your first time listening, hello! This is where we started to get really in tune with the mechanics. And TJ is a very quick learner. So he was very quick to learn how to power game. And we don't, we don't shame power gamers around here. He just made a very strong, good build very fast. Yeah, very quickly. <laughs> the bard uh, was our tank. And our DPS. <laughs> bard tank. Wow. Early game and then late game DPS. Mid game, I wasn't exactly DPS. True, that was more me. Um, and our paladin. I can give a brief interlude here if people remember from the Terran episode. The reason for the whole debacle with one of Terran's characters dying was because I gave Finral a few items that I regretted giving him. Because uh, I, hey, I bought them fair and square. And you... <laughs> I didn't expect for him to have the capabilities to get the means to get those items, but he did. Okay. Because <laughs> I, gotta... got, I got locked in a mountain for three days. <laughs> we we got to tell this story. We got to hear it from TJ. Okay. Before we dive into it, you've told us how you came about with Finral. And Finral lasted from the beginning to the end. From the very beginning. From the session zero. So, let's go straight into... The mountain incident to TJ. <laughs> tell us your side of what happened. <laughs> oh, man. So, okay, correct me if I'm wrong. That was the second time we went to Hammerdeep, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we killed a Baylor somehow, but I tanked <laughs> because the Paladin wouldn't get close. And if I remember correctly, you, like, actually did kill it. Like, I didn't nerf its health. No, so, you didn't, was, you didn't it nerf big. its health, but you took away its wings. So it was That's stuck right. on the ground with That's us. right. It couldn't yeah. fly. And you forgot about its retaliation feature until yeah, the very you, end. You also <laughs> forgot about a mechanic. Again, we, I've, we've explained that amateur we at the time, uh, I was still kind of an amateur DM phase. So I was testing things out. Uh, yeah, I mean, I also feel... Hit, not too. He was testing, he was testing hit points. points out. I feel like also any DM could do that. Just forget a mechanic because there's so much to deal with. Oh, totally. I've done that. So, like, yeah. Well, I guess technically Taryn tanked at first because he went down in round one. Yeah. Hey, did (laughs) we talk about that in the Taryn episode? No, No, we didn't. (laughs) Yeah. He used that superior movement speed to hit it once and get hit once. Briefly explain, Taryn's character was a monk, and he decided it was a good idea to run ahead of everyone in the party and try to 1v1 this Baylor. Level, level five. five. Level mm-hmm. five. He got downed in like two turns. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> anyway, TJ, the mountain story. Okay, so it was post that, so we were exploring. And uh, for story reasons, uh, we were getting chased by a different Baylor. But then that Baylor got stopped by a pit fiend. Actually, there was three and three of each, if I remember correctly. Yep. I had a nice magic broom, so we got away from them when the pit fiends started fighting. And then I flew back through, because we were essentially in the Underdark at that point, although we didn't know it at the time. And I flew back through tunnels to make sure we weren't being followed. And then everybody else found their way out while I was doing that, and then proceeded to cause an avalanche and cave me in the mountain. Yeah, we did do that. Thanks to Lehman's tiny hut, we did not die. We were fine. <laughs> because I graciously allowed you to cast it before an avalanche hit you. So I had, uh, it was either three or four days to just fly through all these caverns. Probably not smart on my part, but I survived. I found 
several hundred pounds of mithril that I used the broom to cart out of the tunnels over yeah, three this days. This is the part where I gave him something that I really shouldn't have given him in retrospect. I rolled, the, I think it was like a 28 investigation yeah. check in a magma cavern and found a giant mithril vein and I had a mithril sword so I just started cutting it out and taking it up chunks at a time. And how much was that worth again, Levi? I don't remember the exact number. Don't bully me. So much. <laughs> so much. I, I it was the, a lot. It was five digits. I remember that. It was you actually broke their six. economy. It was six. Yeah, you gave me uh, 10,000 platinum for it all. So 100,000 total. And by the end of the campaign, I still had about 90,000. So what did you buy with all this uh, amount of money? Let's see, I got a cubic gate and a belt of storm giant strength i believe another item i should have never gave him and a a spare magic broom yeah i'm still angry about the belt (laughs) that's why he did that to zamda see now we're getting this it's it's connecting now to everyone who knows this story from different perspectives why this event happened See what it is, is Levi hated the player, not the game. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, it was more like I immediately, not immediately, like just a session after I gave you these things, I was like, oh man, that was a bad idea. (laughs) That was a really bad idea because that's just going to make everything super easy. And he's never going to be challenged again. And I want him to be at least challenged. So I was like, how do I? Two times the whole campaign. fair but <laughs> even without like, it how do i reverse this decision in a way that doesn't just seem like i'm just taking it away to take it away and it kind of ended up being that anyways kill Terran. yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> you even failed to kill me in that situation that is true uh, <laughs> okay that's the answer for every problem kill Terran. kill Terran. Oh, dude, he's got a too, backup character. He's fine. And too much debt? Kill Terran. Problem with the IRS? Kill Terran. Your ex-wife Thanks. left you? Kill Terran. Thankfully, Levi forgot about all of the gold that I now had. So I didn't lose that. But I did I, lose the belt and the gate. And I didn't another forget. belt, actually. I just figured I lost two it. belts in one campaign. In one session, actually. I didn't forget about the You know money. how hard just... it was to keep my pants up the rest of the campaign? Something about I just didn't want to rob you of absolutely everything I had given you. So the money I figured <laughs> would be the best one to let you keep because he you tried to take my sword, which from a completely different thing, too. To fund I further made, ventures. I managed to weasel my way out of that one. Terran <laughs> did. Terran didn't. This is why you're the anti-Terran, because despite your risky behavior, it paid off immensely well for you every time, every step yeah. of the way. Yeah, can you imagine being a DM and not wanting a level six bard with a defender, a cubic gate, and a uh, belt of storm giant strength? I don't have to imagine, TJ. <laughs> <laughs> and a hundred thousand gold. <sighs> hey, ten thousand platinum. It's not that bad. <laughs> um, actually, I can check how much I finished. With he's going. That's check. true. Yeah. All right. While you're checking that. Uh, we've already discussed the mountain stuff. Although Jordan and I never really explained our perspective on the mountain situation, not too much. It's mostly been focused on Taryn and TJ because they are like the 
They are the, the two the that got hit with the stick. <laughs> they, they got screwed over the most. But I feel like we should talk about it. So Jordan, why don't you share your perspective of that whole mountain incident? Well, I will say that that, that was the second genocide that we witnessed in the campaign. Yeah. I think caused by the same Yeah, it was the character. second. So, but I, there was a detail that was put in there. My character had the unique perspective of being able to see ghosts. So poor Atlas saw the souls of thousands of people leaving their bodies as the city was destroyed twice. Did we explain the city destruction part or have we just been explaining the BBEG hunted you guys down part? No, we've just been explaining the Terran killing. Yeah, so they were in... They, I just, just briefly, they were in this giant dwarven city that was like full of artisans and artificers and stuff. And that's how they got all these magic items was they bought them from these artificers in the city. And then the BBEG found them and killed everyone in the city. Yep. With an army of Baylors, which be, kind of became a recurring trope. Mm. Yeah, also, I, I ended with 62,000 gold. I forgot. I bought a couple of things. <laughs> Dragon mask. Dragon mask. Uh, Subway sandwich, probably. <laughs> I probably bought a few of those. <laughs> but yeah, the mountain thing while we were doing, uh, while TJ and, was oh, mining animated out... weapons, that was the, the rest. Uh, That's true. Well, while TJ was mining out the mountain, the rest of us were trapped in Liaman's tiny hut for like, like three days because yeah. there was like a, a mountain of snow on top of us. So we had to come up with a plan to like climb out without the snow collapsing on us. And it was, uh, yeah. So that was what I was doing while TJ was making bank. It involved a bunch of firebolts, if I remember correctly. I, that sounds right. <laughs> yep. Gold I did the same. <laughs> I was doing much the same, except I was a rogue. So uh, I did nothing. I just kind of sat there and let the magic people do their magic thing in a layman's tiny hut. Well, the cool bard got to get a lot of money. And hang out with a giant spider. And my spider! That's that's when we got Dave! I forgot about that! That was Dave! I called him Jeff. Yeah. Jeff was a girl. Jeff was a girl. Dave was a girl! We've explained (laughs) Atlas and Finral's perspectives of the event now. So what was Victor, the rogue's perspective? Oh, go ahead, TJ. I was just going to say, let's not forget you then proceeded to shoot a level 9 witch bolt at me. I did do that. That I survived. Um, because not giving an item was given with the threat of death. And you said you weren't going to, so she killed you. I didn't die. You didn't die because you had a fates card. Not a fates card. Is it vizier? It's I what you have. Vizier. Well, vizier. I, survived. I survived the hit, too, was the thing. And then I just... Sent things back to okay. No, okay. it is fates. It is fates. It's Here fate. Years ask a question. You survived it, but it did a ton of damage, and so you were like, "Okay, I know I can't win this." So you did the fates and then gave something, but Taryn didn't have a fates card, so when Taryn tried to do the exact same <laughs> thing, he just stayed dead. <laughs> Man, imagine if he had like said something cool, like "I'm gonna try and dodge and dodge behind Atlas," and then Atlas died. Um, then Taryn would have died in real life. Real life? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we've done the cleric perspective. We've done the bard perspective. We've done the the dead monk perspective. What was the rogue's perspective? What was Victor's perspective on this whole event? Separating Victor from me, Victor's perspective was, man, it's boring to be in this layman's tiny hut and not be able to do anything for three days. 
and then getting out and seeing Finra and be like, oh, cool. I'm going to go buy my cool, awesome dagger that I've been wanting this whole time, which gives me advantage on initiative because I just got enough money for it. And I am an assassin rogue and I get huge benefits from going first. Let me go buy it. La, da, 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 da. I go up and I go get it. I'm like, thank you, sure. Here's the money. And then we walk outside. <laughs> the world is getting destroyed. Eok comes right up to me, me alone, and says, give me the dagger. <laughs> <laughs> and I so desperately, Victor, Victor so desperately wanted that dagger. He said, can you take anything else anything i don't care i just not you can take the clothes off my back you can have my money you can have simonius just give me this dagger <laughs> and she let me have it in exchange for a different kind of dagger but oh yeah i forgot that's how you got out of that yep. that's how valerie 2 happened yes the the, the bbeg for vivio 2 for you all your listeners love you to death this recurring theme of taking characters from other mediums, other pieces of media, and then using them in our D&D settings has not just been something TJ has done. I have used it a lot for world building purposes. I've taken bits and pieces from a bunch of different universes and put them in but usually i don't like copy paste but for the bbg of vivia one i did it was slanesh from the warhammer universe for two there was this whole convoluted plot about how it was slanesh but it wasn't slanesh now it was a person with a different name but they still embodied everything about slanesh so you know god of chaos god of desire god of passion god of all that stuff so what they did to victor in exchange for letting him keep the dagger was turned him into a girl yeah because be- she thought it because would be that funny. had happened before though too that had happened before and also she thought it would be hilarious if he was stuck as a woman it happened a lot to me the first time that it happened was in the tomb they well, it played was almost like i wasn't there for that true <laughs> i remember that levi had given us a little tiny sneak peek about the tomb of horrors before we started playing and then I heard him talking to Taryn, who said that he had already read the whole module. And uh, I heard you, they were talking, and Levi, you said something that was like, I'm really excited. I really want Pertusit or TJ to go in there. And I was like, I don't know what he's talking about, but I like just having a fun time. So when there was that little part of the Tomb of Horrors that like flips your alignment, your gender, I was like, that's probably what he's talking about. I didn't know that's what it did yet, but I was like, that's probably what he wants me to go. And I like having a good time. So I went in and flipped my alignment and my gender. Uh, that was the Got the gender fixed, but True. never the alignment. The alignment's on you. I flipped my own alignment. <laughs> yeah. well, actually, you made me flip my own alignment. You <laughs> Which is worth mentioning since this is technically the TJ episode. So enough about the mountain incident and its ancillary events. <laughs> Let's move on to another great Fenral highlight. TJ, I'll let you pick the next one, but I have one in mind that I want you to cover before this episode's over. <laughs> That's another great Finral highlight, a, a moment that you will forever either take pride in or think is one of the funniest things you did, either because it was something funny happened to you or something funny that you did or cool, any of that stuff. Well, actually, one of my favorites is actually before the mountain incident when we were in uh, the attack on Belagost and I rode the dragon. Or when, no, that was that before? No, that was after. That was a little after. Oh, that was the third city. We know that it was the third city genocide. That was the third uh, sacking that we'd seen. 
Well, uh, please elaborate for our listeners. Love you to death at home. Uh, this is a great. This is a great story. <laughs> it is. Yeah. So I think we're like level seven at this point. We roll up on one of the main uh, human fortress cities, and it's being attacked by like eight adult dragons. And you know, everyone else is like, "Okay, yeah, we're small. We're just gonna run in, save people, and run away." I'm just like, you know what? I've got a flying broom. I'm gonna fly up on this dragon and just ride it into things and so i did this is the most badass went- thing in the entire world <laughs> it was great i couldn't i couldn't believe it was working <laughs> i flew i chased one down because a broom's a bit slower than a dragon so i was playing the angles i jumped off the broom went dual wield swords into its neck and flew it into a ballista bolt valor barn everyone <laughs> yeah uh, don't forget what you said. Uh, my 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 voice can't handle that right now, but <laughs> I essentially did the Han Solo yeehaw from episode four. And it was so worth it. And please tell us what happened like very soon after involving the important NPC, because oh this God. was hilarious. <laughs> oh, well, then I tried to do it again. And I was chasing down another one that was uh, heading for Simonius because he decided to find an adult dragon with magic missile. Uh, and then the main uh, human NPC, the leader of like the paladin order, banishing smited the dragon and then essentially died. And so I landed there. I looked down at sword in one hand, actually sword in both hands. And then I was about to kill her because she was kind of a prick to me, which would have <laughs> been funny, but probably bad. And I was like, eh, what the heck? And I cure wounds her. Used a bard spell for once. <laughs> and then she and, fell in love with him <laughs> and for a very while. short time it was a crush <laughs> yeah it, w- it was actually exactly just a crush that is true because she ended up with a completely different person at the end of that campaign but that was a beautiful Fenra moment for sure that, <laughs> that was like the embodiment of that era yes as a, like I said you were such a daredevil and did so many risks in game that every single time I was like, this one's going to kill him, right? And it never did. Same. <laughs> every time every I time. thought I was going to, I just kept going. Oh. The ancient blue dragon with the dragon egg. I scraped oh, out I of that one. I forgot about that. Yeah, that that's That one true. was because, how early was that one? That one we was, were like that was really early. early. Yeah, I just didn't yet. want to kill you. I, I was like, I can't kill them. This isn't fair. <laughs> what happens when you abuse a random item that you get that's okay. yeah that's true that's <laughs> yeah that's partially on us <laughs> yeah. yeah i went into that one fully expecting to die but the one time i actually had a backup character and i came out of it i was like okay <laughs> and um, then i uh tried to solo a boss and almost won mm-hmm. right after that well we'll talk about all that on a day well we'll find a day we'll talk about the whole campaign but let's move on to more some finral highlights at this point, we have to mention Fenral's story, his actual character arc and journey. It's, it's integral, similar to what you know about Black Clover, but distinct in that it was TJ's Fenral. <laughs> so tell, tell us about the journey involving Fenral, like the, the whole elf arc. You remember the part? Okay, just like essentially how he ended up where he was and stuff. Yeah, tell, tell us about like the battle with your brother and how you won and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, so Finral was essentially, he was the heir to the House of Voltaire Lord in the Elven Lands. 
and he got disowned because essentially he wasn't prejudiced towards uh, elves and um, was seen with an elven, not elven, a human female in the woods where nothing actually happened from that surprisingly <laughs> uh, between the two obviously got disowned, kicked out, sent on his merry way, not so merrily. And then just wandered for a few years, had some fun. And then uh, the elf lands kind of got nuked. So yeah. <laughs> a main kinda. plot point of Vivia 2 was pretty much the entire elven civilization on the part of the world they were on got invaded by demons. Which would be the first sacking we were talking about. Yep. That, that's where it all started. Yep. And then... So then Finrau's younger brother, Langris, also ripped off from Black Clover Universe. That went kind of name-wise and kind of character-wise, but that's where the similarities end. Uh, He essentially kind of teamed up with demons. There was a whole bunch of aberration stuff, too, but that was news to me. So I can uh, actually explain that now that the campaign's over and done with, if you ever want context for that. At some point, not right now. But. <laughs> but yeah, so he took power, and so then it became uh, Finral got asked more than once to go and liberate them all, and then it was kind of like, fine, I guess I'll go save them, and then he did. It was fun. It was funny. It was he a one. Certainly did. It was a one v one between a, I believe it was level fourteen Valor Bard, and was it the level seventeen Echo Knight? Yes. Level that 17 he, Echo Knight. That I won. Well, yep. he ran away, but I won. <laughs> he w- You would have won more than likely because he ran away because he was almost dead. That's why he ran away, which just goes to show how strong the build was. Um, I, that I you... maintained heat metal on him for like 10 rounds. Yeah, that too. Uh... <laughs> Six level heat metal for 10 rounds kind of does a lot. Just a little bit of a lot. Now t- tell them about your coup de gras attack in that fight, because that that's a favorite. That's like that's a fan favorite. Uh, I think I know what you're talking about. So we were describing it, uh, clashing blows, and then blades are crossed, and I have Finra lean forward like he's going to say something, and I drank a uh, dragon's breath potion a little bit before, and instead of saying something, I just breathed fire in his face, started laughing. Yes, that's that's one of those like cinematic moments where you can see it. You can really see it happen. That's what I, I wish I could animate. This, right? I, of all the moments in our campaign that I wish that I could animate, a lot of the more FinRAL moments. Yeah. Uh, I'll never forget, we finished that, and then Juicer looks at Taryn, he was like, so bards are bad, huh? Because <laughs> <laughs> Taryn hates them. Taryn hates bards. Oh. So, to be fair, that, I did have defensive duelist and defender, so I was just plus eight to AC every round. True. Uh, the build was definitely helped by the items you received from the gracious DM <laughs> that he tried to take. But hey, at that point, at that point, it wasn't tried to take anymore. Well, you tried to take didn't. the defender. <laughs> Just that one, John. <laughs> Does anybody else have a favorite Finral moment they'd like to hear TJ talk about? All the simulacrums. <laughs> oh yeah, we should mention that. <laughs> So my uh, my good old uh, magical secrets, I just kept looking for stuff to kind of improve it. So took thunderous. My simulacrum was probably the main one that was used. Counterspell, counterspell was <laughs> key thing there when the wizard you know didn't take it. Heck yep. yeah. 
To be fair, the wizard wasn't in the campaign by then either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but when he was, he still didn't take it. He took That's a cleric true. level. Just a singular cleric level. So Never he could get it. the armor proficiency. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like when uh, a good old DM cast a ninth level spell at me and I managed to counterspell it. Yes. Yes. When Lucky. I was like level 12. All right. Lucky boy. Yes. <laughs> so, simulacrums. Oh. Uh, <laughs> let's see. There were, there were three. Three? Four. 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 At the same time, thankfully. Two of them were at the same time. Two of yeah. them were at the same time. The last two. Yeah. Uh, the first one, you know, he was there for a good time. That was fun. Uh, oh, man, that's sad. I don't remember how he died. <gasps> Me neither. Me neither. <laughs> oh, was no, how it, did Laszlo die? I remember it, it super tragic. at the four pillars that each one had a thing inside of it. Yes. Yeah, that you was had it. To oh. It's when we set off all the things. Yeah, because yeah. you're supposed to, they, they had this puzzle they had to do where there was yeah. this obelisk and there were four smaller obelisks around it. And each of the small obelisks had a type of enemy trapped inside of it, which was corrupted by the BBEG. And they had to kill it in order to like solve the puzzle. Yeah. So the and idea was... You had to split into two groups because yes. the same people couldn't fight twice in a row or else they took, I think it was necrotic damage. Yeah, turn. you took necrotic damage every time you damaged something that was something you had, like if you were doing it two times in a row, you would, if you hit the thing, you took necrotic damage on your turn. So long story short, they were supposed to do these one at a time. And the way to activate it was you had to hit it with magic or an effect that was related to the sun force. or the moon the sun or the moon because those were two motifs of the two big gods in universe like the two big good guy gods and it was mocking of them uh, because you hit it with something that evokes them and then it kills you well when they were in the middle of fighting their second one the it, was was, well. it, it was, was going, going well it was going well yeah it was going fine Terran, who was controlling, controlling simonius. simonius as the player for simonius mr nl wasn't there That's says right. i'm gonna cast sunburst on it centered on it and i remember i remember i actually like had a moment where i thought about this the other day just in my free time i was like sunburst is a giant spell isn't it and he knows that something that's like sun motif is gonna trigger the other ones right Terran has that much logic so i said okay where are you centering it on top of the enemy, I look at where the enemy is. I start physically like counting the spaces to see the radius of it. No one at the table catches on as to why I'm doing this. Yeah. In his defense, and, I didn't figure it out either. I didn't and either. I went, okay, so you're, you're definitely casting the spell there. Like I double checked with him and he went, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. You no, no, no. I remember that. And you were like, are you, so you're definitely casting it? And he was like, oh. Like he was like, I don't know now. And we had this whole time where we were like, go ahead, Terry. It's going to do a lot of damage. That's, we were all <laughs> encouraging him because none of us realized that this was going to fuck us over. Yeah. And yeah. then I said, okay, you cast it. And I did the damage. And I was like, and then the radius of the spell hits the other two pillars. And everyone was like, 
Oh, yeah, that, that was the oh no moment. Yeah, and, <laughs> and then release the two other creatures, and then everyone who was in the middle of fighting started taking necrotic damage every yeah. round. Yeah, and then Laszlo died of the necrotic damage because yep. kept, I kept having him fight because I'm a horrible person. You're a horrible <laughs> pet owner or simulacrum owner. <laughs> I'm yeah. a horrible construct owner. There you go. And then and I replaced they won him. that fight. We did. They won that fight, and I really didn't expect them to because I had designed that with the intent of them fighting those things one by one and not all at the same time. Oh, it uh, hurt. It was a it was a rough fight, but we did win. We did win. I was fine. You're <laughs> exactly. always fine. He's always fine. Just my simulacrum was a bit of a pump. And then I replaced him. Then you replaced him. How did the second one die? Oh, time the shenanigans. Second... <laughs> yeah, that was the second the time heist. The second one, it was uh, that was good old uh, Inigo, and that was whenever we went back in time. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, I'm like level 19 now, and he's level 15, so I should make another one while I have time to. And so then he melted when I made the new one. I watched I it happen. <laughs> Can we have a pause? What happened? He cast a spell while they're in time. Because if you listen to the Terran episode, Terran invented time travel over the course of Vivia 2. And oh. so he, TJ, and Dylan went to go on a little time adventure right before we were Never supposed again. to fight. And I, I still say it's the most brilliant thing anyone's ever done. It worked. They, went, they went on a time adventure. And so the rest of us are prepping for this battle. And Inigo is helping. And Inigo being Finral's second simulacrum, yes, the simulacrum, which are named, which Laszlo and Inigo being the uh, the names of the other character that I based Finral off of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Pertuzit sees. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was because... in game as Vector, and I was doing the little bit of. I can't remember exactly what I was doing. We were uh, painting cardboard cutouts. Another uh, yes. simulacrum was made in the past mm-hmm. yes. yeah Question and it was mark. essentially we didn't want to have to retcon everything that had happened yeah so, so it's just so, like he melts in the present yeah i had the one that was in the present just <laughs> disintegrate and <laughs> right right. The only one that saw yeah. <laughs> I, was, I remember i think i role-played that where victor was like oh no Fenrell!" like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was what was it exactly i was even doing at the time i can't remember like, that was when sword. you made your sword yeah that was that's what i thought it was but i couldn't remember yeah, yeah. sword and some extra beans i think as well <laughs> when i uh went to make the dm's life even harder and used two wish spells and god blood to fuse all my swords into one yeah essentially making an artifact weapon it was yeah. really weird because it came out looking like scissors but it still hurt no, no. I want I'm that kidding. sword in Vivia 3. That is my goal. I want that sword in Vivia 3. But what if this? It's an item. What if I want it, though? I'll, I'll rock, paper, scissors. That would be really funny if you got it in Vivia 3 because you're a kobold. <laughs> It'd be taller than the kobold. But yeah. it's mithril, so he could still use it because it weighs essentially nothing. Yeah. Okay. Last thing I want to mention because it correlates to what we're about to get into. Let's talk about all of Fenrell's dealings with extraplanar entities, <laughs> shall we? Can you can uh, you just TJ sum up all the deals you had? Okay. Well, <laughs> so, like I said, how I was like I didn't need my uh, alignment flip because I flipped it myself. Yeah, after uh, seeing three plus cities get wiped out by an evil god, uh, Fenrell kind of decided like, well, 
you know, mortals shouldn't be fighting gods in the first place. So why aren't the gods here? And the answer he got was they were doing more important things, which was fair to me as a player. But, you know, to a character that doesn't have that knowledge, it's just like, well, you guys just suck. (laughs) And then he witnessed the blood war between devils and demons demons being who worked for the big bad and he was just like yeah these guys get it they're brutally fighting the demons so he was like i like these guys they they know what's up and so then he stole a uh heart that was supposed to be destroyed that was essentially a battery for the main devil and gave it to them like the good little not so good boy he was in return for, for uh, essentially uh, help in the final fight, uh, armor and a shield that he never got because uh, the Smith Devil died like a loser. That was a great one. That one was a very focal one. Yeah. Also, I had a devil in my shield that I released for a similar agreement. Yeah, this all came from the descent into Avernus Adventure. We just really mm-hmm. we messed around with it. Yeah. So he and then, had uh, the Shield of the Hidden Lord. So he had Gargalth was one of his dealings. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then there was also uh, the implanted a god resuscitating in me, but then the god yep. didn't like me because I went evil. So he was yep. like, yeah, you got to... Because then uh, turns out Finral didn't have a soul for the entire campaign. He just had a god soul in him. So it's like, yeah, you got to get your own soul back or you're going to just keel over. So he did that too. And who happened to have this soul, TJ? This, I just want to say, okay, this is, now that I think about it, this is probably my favorite Finral thing ever, which is that TJ and Mr. NL, who played Simonius, him and Finral sat down and just had an off-cuff discussion one time in-game about the Flying Dutchman and how Finral had interacted with him before and made a deal with him which in which he gave up his soul for like essentially his, for charisma. Yeah, for his performance skills as a bard. And he Venral always made the joke that he actually gave him like his foot soul, duh ha ha. And then I ended up making this all true, but Venral actually did give him his real soul, and that's why Venral didn't have his actual soul. And so the god soul inside of him was what was keeping him alive pretty much. <laughs> In his foot soul, I remember that was also a thing that he got back whenever the Flying Dutchman deal was ended as well. That is true. (laughs) I had balance. He had balance. Yeah, so there was that. Then I tried to actually almost probably succeeded. I tried to bring the devils to the material plane, but then they didn't have any interest in it because they didn't care about the blood war anymore. (laughs) And let's not forget your other extra planar uh deal yep. from the shadow fell you're doing a whole home run here your shadow yep. buddy yeah good old yeah uh so from like level two i had a shadow shadow fell living in me it was in an npc and then it got transferred into me it might have been more like level four when it was in me but it was just there the whole time just vibing just waiting for its moment and then i was just like hey man you're gonna live here let's just uh chill you pay some rent you can eat a god when we kill it you actually got to eat two gods and so like i said i went 18 levels bard and then i took two levels of paladin because you know paladins are broken so i had Mm. could do essentially ninth level smites if i wanted to which would be a waste but i could do it and so i was able to take on a nightwalker form because of that because i'm so charismatic and convincing to this uh nightwalker to just be like yeah okay that works 
And so I was smiting Nightwalker attacks. I was hitting for like 20d8 around. And yeah, I hit for what, 120 damage in one round in the big bad fight? Quite a lot. Something like I know it was over 100 for sure. It was a great deal. Mm. I had my, uh, my own theme playing during that. It was a good time. Everybody, like Victor was banished. At least yeah. two people were down at that point. I think I might have been down. Taryn definitely was down. Taryn yeah. was definitely down. Taryn went down before the phase change, essentially. Mm-hmm. I think Dylan was down too. That's not, yeah, because like I think that two people had to carry most of the party out of that encounter. Yeah, I remember that because Dylan did know... his classic, well, boys, and then looked at me. <laughs> yeah, because I, I know that Atlas was unconscious. I think Shira was unconscious. My, both, my, both my simulacrum had melted at that point well, and got killed. And the dragon had died that we brought. Oh, which, which one? Uh, ours or the one that got Valerie Ford. cloned and turned against us? Terrence. <laughs> yeah, that one died in like one round. Mm-hmm. That's how you know it was from Taryn. <laughs> well, boys. Uh, that just makes me think of like Saladin gets hit and is at zero HP, but he's like still standing up and he looks around <laughs> at the rest of the party and goes, well, boys, and just collapses. That's what it was like. <laughs> I remember that because Dylan said that he, he looked up at the table, turned, looked at me with a big smile on his face and went, well, boys, he's down. Like... <laughs> Uh, that's another episode for another time um yeah so me and my nightwalker buddy just smacking around gods yep you had quite a number of dealings from every realm imaginable just about there uh not not the fey or the fey no that was the two good aligned ones (laughs) well Um, i kind of dealt with the celestials they just didn't deal with me that's true yeah (laughs) It's worth mentioning, uh, despite all these dealings, who I was did... your oath from? Oh, well, I technically didn't take an oath because I didn't get that far. Well. But I was uh, essentially a paladin of a mystery. Because I was like, yeah, dog. she's like, she hot was dog. the only <laughs> hot dog. Hot dog. I, my interaction with her, I was like, yeah, she's like the only good god. They all suck except for this one. Good old hot dog. Yep. So. Levi's going to kill us. <laughs> We we didn't know how to say Elistre's <laughs> name, uh, so we just called her Hot Dog. But <laughs> you know, we named her Hot Dog before she even came into existence. Yeah, True. that was what we were saying. The name of when she was being born. <laughs> uh, well, again, another time we'll talk more about Hot Dog. Uh, <laughs> well, TJ, that you had so much going on with Finral. That's got to be that. That's your master class, master p- rate. It's your masterful master what? (laughs) Huh? Who? Third base. Third base. Uh, I don't think that's what you do at third base. I think that's more of like a zeroth base thing. (laughs) You do that before you get to first base with someone. Well, it's up for TJ to decide. He's the sporty one amongst us. (laughs) Baseball. We're running short on time here, TJ, but let's go ahead. We'll briefly cover uh, your experience of your characters in Olympus, since that's our other main line. We got to start with darkness. <laughs> uh, yeah. So before that, producer was like, yeah, you got to play a girl at least once. And I was like, okay, well, I'll play the, the masochist from Konosuba then, because that would be fun. And I did. And he did. 
And that was just a straight knockoff. We even remade some of the scenes. Wait, you told him that he had to play a girl at some point? Well, like, it was one of those things where I kept going, He was like, kind of joking, but he kind of wasn't. Yes. <laughs> I just kept going, like, you got to do it eventually. I wanted, to pu- I wanted to push him out of his comfort zone. <laughs> Which was also my first character death, but I essentially forced it because I went all the way into Hades before I died. True. Uh, in our Greek-style campaign, that is not Theros. It's not <laughs> Theros. There were a couple times where Darkness definitely could have, should have, would have died, uh, especially at level one with that very first fight. But <laughs> oh yeah, she managed to survive quite a bit, especially the beehive fight. Did uh, she jump into two separate pits at some point? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Took uh, all damage and just kept going. Uh, but she survived until. I presented, like, she had to do some wisdom saving throws. She was uh, a fighter. Failed. Yeah, she failed wisdom saving Had throw. a negative two to whiz, I believe. Yes. And even after failing the wisdom saving throws, the gates of Hades opened in front of her. And, like, okay, a normal character could have been like, whoa, that's harrowing. I'm going to stay away from it. But it was darkness. I knew what I was doing when I said the gates of Hades opened in front of you. And when I knew what I was doing <laughs> when I ran in excitedly. Yes. Uh, and that, that was the end of darkness. Uh, Not the, quiet. There was about 20 more minutes before I got <laughs> brutally massacred by two devils. Hecatonkeries. Yeah. Hey, hey, we devils aren't real in Greece unless they are. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry that Greek names don't stick with me. That's fair. Uh, I don't know English names either. <laughs> Words? That's why your last name is Pertusit. Yeah. Um, hey, I put up a heck of a fight, though. I had it down to like, three hit points, and then true to form, I missed three attacks, at, four attacks in a row, and didn't kill <laughs> it. Yeah, that was crazy. I wanted you to get that one kill. Uh, there was some ruling I made, I can't remember what, the, I, I gave you like an extra attack. We retroactively gave you an extra attack. It was because of where I summoned that, uh, the bullet thing, and we made it to where they the focused bullet. that, essentially. Yeah, that's right. And it gave me an extra round, and then I missed <laughs> all of my attacks and my action surge attacks. Yeah, which that does remind me with uh, the upcoming stuff happening in the campaign. Keep the darkness stat block on standby because that's coming into play soon. Oh, oh no. I've, I never messed with it. Okay, good. <laughs> but yeah, speaking of the bullet though, yeah, that's the second campaign I've abused beans. <laughs> and the bag of beans. The beans the person definitely abused, but also the bag of beans. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. There will never be a bag of beans in the Vivia campaign again. <laughs> Levi will make sure of it. He has firmly <laughs> stated it will never happen again. But he keeps giving us decks of many things. Yeah. Uh, we're going to soon have like a whole trading card game of decks of many things. Don't <laughs> cry. No. <laughs> the kids I, are all doing it. <laughs> I hate the deck of many things with a pet of... Okay, not really. Like, it's a meme. But mm. I... Mm, it stresses me out so bad. Yeah, me too. I'm not going to put it in my campaign. I don't want things to get derailed so hard. But <laughs> I just kept drawing the bad cards. Yeah. The skull, the <laughs> uh, rogue. Well, before we completely wrap up, we got to cover your current Olympus character. Uh, yeah, true to form, my knockoff of Kazuma since Darkness <laughs> died. Now, of course, playing Kazuma, you know, anyone that knows Konosuba is going to know who that is. Ah, okay. 
that's that's that. I'd like to mention the fact that he adopted an NPC because I made a Cosma NPC and he just took it and made it into his player character. But what's much more noteworthy is the build that you gave him. Please tell us about the build of Cosmo, TJ. Uh, okay, so he is. Uh, let me look at it exactly. Uh, Levi, Levi gags every time he hears it. Every single time. <laughs> every time it sickens him. It is disgusting, but I feel like it's true to form for it a is. character. It works. He is currently at level ten with three levels of war master wizard uh three levels of arcane archer fighter and three levels of what is the class again oh it's, no it's rogue i can't think of which rogue it is the mastermind rogue yeah four levels of mastermind rogue <laughs> we're talking about the console yeah there it is, there it is. <laughs> i hate it it's the worst part is that it's not bad mechanically. It's just gross to look at. <laughs> you can't say that's so mean to Cosmo. No, he's pretty gross, but it's okay. He shot me. He <laughs> shot me. Yeah. Yeah. You All see, right. I just, I let everybody else get in close. And then if something gets close to me, I just run away and make mirror images and shoot them. <laughs> Such is the way of the Cosmo, right? <laughs> Well, thank you for sharing, TJ. Thank you for sharing your D and D adventure. What? Let's let's end this on a on a nice happy bow. What do you now think of D and D presently? What do you think about the game Dungeons and Dragons? I mean, I, honestly, some of the probably best times as a group we've had have been playing that. So, what is there to say about it? Uh, tell the people at home as if they're uh, we're not here. <laughs> Would oh. you recommend it? <laughs> hmm. Yes, it and cool? I mean, I would say most people probably would say no. It's not cool, but we, uh, we're the we're yeah. the we're the better half of the population, so it's cool <laughs> to us. Wonderful. So yeah, that's TJ. Everybody at home. Oh, let's let's give you an opportunity, TJ. Is there anything else you would while you're on the wide uh, world of the web? Is there anything amazing you'd like to tell all the audio listeners that we love to death or the visual watchers that we hate to death? That don't exist. <laughs> they will. Mm. No, not particularly. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Nothing particularly. Thank you, TJ, for being on the show. Everybody clap for TJ. What? Not us! <laughs> This is Jordan from Nat One Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode you just listened to, and we hope that you come back for more soon. If you'd like to keep up with the zany shenanigans of our lives and the different things that we do, you can find us on Twitter, TikTok, Spotify, YouTube, CastBox, and Anchor. We look forward to seeing you again soon. And hey, thanks. Thanks.